Welcome to Passion Life Church. Happy Father's Day to you this morning. Um, this week was, was a little difficult for me in terms of, uh, I know some of you think that as pastors we only work on Sundays, but um, there's a weight on my shoulders that I have to come up with something to give people that will hopefully change their life, add to their life. And this week, um, I was praying because I had an incredible message in this Think series. So many have, of you have come to me and said, thank you for the Think series. I have my aunt out of town who's listening to it, and it's changed her life. And I had an amazing message prepared to do Think today, talking about light and darkness. But I just felt something change that today, I, I just couldn't get this other message. So I got messages. I got tons of them. But my, my challenge is, which one do I share today? And so I really felt this burning on my heart today for fathers, and, and uh, we're going to continue the Think series next week, and, and I would just encourage you not to miss it. Uh, but this morning on this great Father's Day, I, I came up with this, this title, The King in me, the king in me. Would you just bow your heads just for a moment? Let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you so much for your word, Father God. Speak to us, Lord, like only you can. Father, there's so many layers here today of, of, of things that are happening in our lives, Father. And so your Holy Spirit can take this word and minister to the deepest part of us today. And we thank you and we open up our heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Today I want to talk to you about what I call the king in me. You know, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 68, verse 5, this has been a message or a scripture that I've held on to all my life. It says, God is a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. And I don't know where you're at today. You know, today your father may have gone on to be with, with, with God and he's in heaven, but yet there's a part of your life that you feel fatherless. Or today your father is still alive, but you haven't talked to him and your father's relationship is less than what you have expected it to be your whole life. You know, there's many stories in this room. For me, I never met my real father and then when I got adopted, my parents went through a divorce, and I struggled with the father relationship. But I want to tell you today that the Bible tells us that whatever level you're at, and I believe that today's message is going to speak on many levels to us, meaning God the Father, me as a father, your dad, our parents today. But wherever you're at, and however you feel about your dad, right here the Bible tells us that God is the perfect father, even in a fatherless generation. And you're going to see today in a story that you and I don't have to be lacking because we missed out on a relationship with our dad. See, what do you do when your childhood isn't quite what you thought it should have been? What do you do when you, when you grow up and you have like a distant dad. What, what, what do you do maybe when you had a dad that really didn't care about you? Or at least you, you kind of, you, you felt that way. And if we're honest, what if we, or some of us in this room actually have a dad who just kind of forgets about us? I mean, doesn't really call. What do you do when there's contention? What do you do when there's contention between you and your siblings, your brother, and yet dad says nothing? 
Dad doesn't intervene and help out. And there can be this feeling of fatherlessness. And in reality, what I just described was a father in the Bible of one of the greatest men who ever lived. I described to you Jesse. Jesse was David's father. David was an incredible, incredible giant killer. He was an incredible shepherd. And I'm going to set up this story. If you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to begin reading in verse 6. And I just want to set up this story for you. Many of you know the story of, of David. And, uh, but God at this point is sending a prophet to David's house. The Bible says that God told Samuel to go to the house of Jesse because he had a king. There was a new king that would be coming and God wanted and could find this king at the house of Jesse. Samuel, this prophet, he was the voice of God. I like in this story, he represents to me who God is, his voice and what he's about to do. And here's what's amazing. Samuel didn't know the name of the next king. He's just told one step. Isn't that kind of how God does it? He'll just give you one step. Go to the house of Jesse, right? And there it will be revealed. And I love that Samuel goes. And here's where we pick up the story because what happens is Jesse is so honored. I think he doesn't even really know what's happening. Jesse thinks maybe that Samuel is going to anoint one of his sons to be a part of the school of the prophets and all of this. And so Jesse comes. He begins to line up his best, his sons. And let's pick it up in verse 6. So it was when they came that he looked at Elab, and this is one of Jesse's sons, that he looked at Elab and said, Samuel's looking at his son, and he said, surely the Lord's anointing is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical feature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, neither the Lord has chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass before him, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him. And now he was, there he was, this ruddy with little bright eyes, good looking. And the Lord said, arise, Samuel, anoint him for this is the one. Would you say that with me? Say, this is the one. Can you say it a little bit louder? Say, this is the one. And then verse 13, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him, upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. You know, God is looking for his next king and he sends Samuel to this this guy's house. Now, Jesse has eight sons and he's not really a good dad. 
Now, I can say that from the outside looking in that he's not really a good dad, but I don't know what Jesse's goals were. When you have eight kids, maybe your goal is just survive, pure survival. I got eight kids, right? Survival. So his goals are a little bit different than maybe a, a, a family who has two. And some of you in here, I know have four or five kids, but it feels like you got eight kids. Come on, somebody. And as I looked at this story, I thought, man, Jesse made some huge mistakes. And if I can look at what Jesse did and the mistakes he makes, maybe that will help me see and help me not to make the same mistakes as a father. Jesse had the next king of Israel as a son, and he didn't even know it. He didn't know that his son David would be the next king of Israel. That's like saying you're the dad of Wayne Gretzky, and now you know Wayne Gretzky, but when little Wayne is little Wayne, and I'm not talking about the rapper, come on somebody, but when little Wayne is little Wayne, all you got is little Wayne. But can you imagine not even knowing that you had the next king of Israel right in your backyard? You had the son that God was choosing to be the next king of Israel. And I think, listen to this, I think if today if David was to tell you the story, this is what David would tell you. Nobody knew that there was a king in me. Not even my dad saw the king in me. And I would ask David, did you see the king in you? That's another question. But you know what's amazing? Is that even though David's own father did not see the king in him, God saw the king in him. And what we're going to see in this story is that in the mistakes of a father like Jesse, God makes up for that. And the things that we think that our parentals don't see or people don't see, my church family, God always sees. He always sees. And I believe that there's people in this room that there's a pull in your heart for greatness. And it's always been there. And here's your biggest frustration. Your biggest frustration is that nobody sees the king in you. That nobody sees the greatness in you. But can I just tell you, God sees that. God still sees it. And see, as a father, I want to see what God sees about my son's life, not just what I see. And here's what I see about this story. Even when man fails, God does not fail. And I want to tell you this morning, maybe for some of us in this room, man, being a parent, being a father, there is so much pressure. You know, I, I had all these expectations about what my dad was supposed to be until I became a dad. Come on, somebody. Right? And until you become that. And then guess what happens? But even when our parents fail, God doesn't fail. And so we have to look beyond just our natural father to our heavenly father. You know what I love about it? Today, wherever you're at, if you feel like, man, man, I just wish my dad would have been a, a better dad. You know what's amazing? Is God is a father to the fatherless. And you know what he will do? He will send someone into your path to speak a word over your life, even when you don't get that from other people. He sends Samuel. And in the midst of David's, in the midst of Jesse's failure as a father, God sends a prophet to let David know, you're not forgotten. And there's a king in you. There's a king in you. And can I just, this is such a good word on so many levels because today in all my shortcomings as a father and when I miss it, there's a good thing that I know. I have faith that whatever I can't do, God the father will help my son through. 
And I can do the best that I can. I may not even meet his expectations. But you know what? If he's looking to God and I'm looking to God, everything's going to turn out right. And with all of the shortcomings that your parents had, guess what? It's not going to stop what God has in store for you. So let me just give you a word. Let's just stop playing the victim card. Let's just stop talking about what we didn't have. Because let me see. Let me tell you what happens. When you begin to play the victim card and you start thinking and thinking and just keep imagining on what you don't have, you forget and you focus and you don't focus on the God that's right in front of you. He is the perfect dad. He is the perfect dad. He never leaves. He never forsakes you. He is always there and he wants to make you a victor. So we got to stop playing the victim card. And I'm telling you from a young man who never met his dad, but I came in contact with the greatest father of all time and I didn't turn out so bad. I didn't turn out so bad. And I'm telling you, God will make up for where others fail. Oh, you need to hear that this morning. And I want to just give you four things. I think this is so multi-level because this is really what God does for us, what we should do for our children. But it's also going to help us realize who God is and how he sees up. I looked at Samuel as God in terms of he's the prophet. He's going to speak God's word. And Samuel did four things. And I think if I could do these four things as a dad today, I think I could do it. Because these are the four things that God does for us. Are you ready? Here's number one. You know what Samuel does? He comes to Jesse's house and he sees potential. He sees potential. Listen, if you keep looking at the problem and not potential... You're going to fail, but you got to get outside of that problem. You got to start looking at potential. See, here's the reality. Jesse looked at his son and saw a mere shepherd boy. And yet God saw a king. God saw a king. Jesse saw a shepherd boy. Because Jesse just looked at reality, but Samuel saw God's perspective on his own son. See, Jesse thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to get Eliab up here. Man, he's strong. He's tall. He must be the anointed one. And then I'm going to get my other son. And listen to what God says to Samuel. He says, hey, Samuel, listen, don't look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For the, the man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So if God looks at my heart and not my outward appearance. Me as a father, I have to look beyond just my son's outward appearance and look at what is God doing in his life? What is his heart? But let me just tell you this. When you make a commitment today, dad, please make a commitment today that you're not just going to see as man sees because it's very shallow. Jesse thought his oldest son would be the king just because he looked good. And God says, this ain't about looks. This is about a heart. And I want to tell you today, you may be here today and feel like you don't match up in, 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 in all these different ways. But the great thing is, is that God doesn't see even what you see or man sees. God looks at the heart. God saw a king and Jesse saw a shepherd boy. Can I ask you a question? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see a king or do you see a shepherd boy? Because see, if God sees a king in you, when I look in the mirror, I have to see the king in me that God sees. Because so many people are looking at the shepherd boy part. Oh, David was that. But you know what? We've got to look deeper. And can I just say this? And I've just come to this decision for me. Like Joshua said, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I really don't care what society is doing with their kids. I really don't care. Because you know what? Man only sees a certain part. 
But for me, I want to see what God sees in my kid. And that may go against society, but that's okay because it's a deeper walk. It's a deeper level. So many people in society are just looking at the problem. But the reality of it is Samuel looked at potential. He, Jesse saw a shepherd boy and so did Samuel. But yet Samuel saw the king in the shepherd boy. David didn't walk up with a crown on his head. David walked up with a staff. And Samuel and Jesse are both looking at the same kid. One sees a shepherd boy and one sees the next king of Israel. What do you see? What do you see when you look in the mirror? And today, you know what? Your parents may be like Jesse. They didn't see your God-given potential. But can I just tell you, let God the Father's word today encourage you. And let's say this with me today. Come on, say, there's a king in me. Would you say that pretty loud? Say, there's a king in me. Can we say it a little bit louder? Say, there's a king in me. Well, Pastor Phil, I am a female. I can't believe you asked me to say there is a king in me. There is a king in you. Because when you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, ladies, there is a king in you, and his name is Jesus, and he is the king above all kings, and he resides right on the inside of you. So you can look in the mirror and see a shepherdess, or you can see the king in you. But what are you looking at? And so Samuel, is this good this morning? I don't want to be the only one excited. Because I can just preach to myself. Samuel asked Jesse, all right, listen, is there any more sons? David wasn't even invited by his own father. And yet, I love this. David wasn't invited by his own dad, Jesse, but he was invited by God. See, when people forget about you, God never does. Because when the lineup happened, David wasn't even invited. Have you ever not been invited? Like publicly people are having a party and they're talking about it right in front of you. And you're like, hello, I am here and I am not invited. You're talking, I hear you. But see, just because people forget and people don't invite you doesn't mean that God's invitation is not extending his invitation to you. And God will always bring you out. God knows exactly where you were. David was not even invited to the party, but the party was for David. And God brought him out. And so does not only Samuel sees potential, but number two, here's what Samuel does. Samuel gives affirmation. See, as a father, I can't just look at my son for potential, but you know what I also have to do? I have to give affirmation. David comes running and God says, this is the one. Samuel says, David, you're the one. You're the one. You're the one. And my church family today, Your children are looking for your affirmation. I want to say that again. Your children are looking for your affirmation. And let me just be a man today, and I'm going to man up here for a moment. And let me say this. If you don't affirm your kids, other people will. If you don't tell them who they are, listen to me, somebody else will. If you don't tell your beautiful little girl how beautiful she will, guess what? Some play is going to come up and say, hey, what's up? beautiful and she's gonna say oh my god I've never heard that before because my dad didn't affirm me (laughs) or the player comes up and says hey listen I'm gonna play it for real you're beautiful and she says I know my dad tells me every day what you want 
because I've been affirmed by my father. I know who I am. And do you know what? There are some people even in this room today as adults, we're still looking for affirmation. And we're still looking for affirmation because we never got it from our earthly father. But can I just tell you that something this morning? I understood it. I've never met my dad. He's never told me, hey, son, I love you. But you know what? There's a God in heaven who has spoken to me and says, you know what, Phil? You are my son and I love you. And today, let God make up for what man left out. And you know what? Let God affirm you. You know, I love this story. There's a story in the Bible of Jacob and Esau. It's in the Old Testament. And Esau was this hairy guy. I mean, when he was born, he looked like a, a ball of hair that a cat would just go, like, right? have you ever seen a hairball that they eat? That was Esau when he was born. And the Bible says that when he was born, Jacob was holding on to Esau's foot. They were twins. And here she gives birth to this hairball and then it has a hand attached to it. And so they pull out this hairball and then on the other side of that, that hairball, the Bible says that, that Jacob was a very smooth skinned man. I love that. Right? And so attached to the hairball is a smooth skinned man. And here's Jacob, Harry, and here's the smooth guy, Jacob. But here's the problem. Isaac, their father, listen to this, their father was about to give his affirmation and his blessing, this was huge in the Old Testament. It meant that you got things, you got possessions, and guess what? Jacob wanted that affirmation from his father. And listen to what Jacob does. Jacob goes out and gets goat hair and puts goat hair on his smooth skin and walks into his dad to get the blessing and the affirmation that his dad was going to give his brother. You know what that tells me? People will become something else to get affirmed by their father. And you know what Jacob does? And here's the reality. Isaac couldn't see. Isaac was already blind. Isn't that amazing that when people can't see what you want them to see, you sometimes end up vulnerable and hurt. And this is what I love about the story of Jacob. Jacob comes to a place in his life because you know what? It's funny because Esau's name means hairy, hairy man, right? Which all women love. Amen. Come on, women. All right. I didn't get any amens on that. All right, come on. That means you're going to have to shave your back. Come on, guys. You can't let that stuff grow. I didn't get any amens on that. Esau's name. Come on, you knew we were going to talk about some type of hair today on Father's Day. And so Esau means hairy. Jacob means heel grabber, deceiver. Isn't that funny? You come out like a hairball, and they're like, oh, let's just name him Harry. Easy. We don't have to Google nothing. And Jacob meant deceiver. So every time they called his name, deceiver, deceiver, and he didn't like that identity. But you know what the Bible says, and I love this. There came a day where he met the angel. The Bible says the angel, which means it was God. And Jacob has wrestled, started wrestling with God. And I love this because Jacob says something I wish we would say more. He says, I won't leave you until you bless me. I'm going to hold on. But that was his life. He was always holding on. He was born holding on to his brother's leg. And he says, God, I will not go until you bless me to the point where God says, hey, all right, that's enough. And the Bible says, God, Listen to this. Ask Jacob. Hold on, Jacob. Stop. I'm tired. God, God actually said, that's it. And he asked him this question. What is your name? And Jacob said, 
It's Jacob. And listen to what God said. And your name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. Listen to these words. For as a prince, thou hast the power with God and with man, because there's a king in me. And God says, look, today, because we struggled with this identity and you've struggled with your identity, today I affirm you. And I'm not gonna call you by what everybody else calls you. I'm gonna call you Israel because you are a prince with God. Come on, somebody. Can you give him a great round of applause today? I wanna tell you that God affirms. God's an affirmer. When Jesus, remember when he was baptized, the heavens open up and God in front of everyone said this, is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't done one, minute, one miracle yet, my church family. All he did was get baptized and the heavens open up. And I'm telling you, we need to affirm our kids. We need to tell them who they are. We need to stop saying, you know, why are you acting so stupid and say, you know what? You're smart. You're, you're this. You know, you are a child of God. You have the mind of Christ. You are healed. Parents, we have more influence than we know. And I thank God that in the midst of everything that happened in my life, I found God because he's, he was the perfect father. And you know what he does? He affirms. So not only did Samuel look and see potential, he affirmed David, you're the one. Then the Bible says that Samuel anoints David. He takes this horn, right? And he opens it up and he pours it on David. And that was anointing oil. You know, the Bible talks about the anointing. It basically means some type of oil that is smeared on and it represents the spirit of God. And I put this as number three. See, I think parents, here's what we have to do, because this is what Samuel did. Samuel poured out. He opened up his horn and he poured out the anointing. My church family, can I just say today as, as, as parents, Samuel just doesn't see potential. He doesn't just affirm, but he pours out what he has to David. You know, I've seen many, many fathers who hold back. I've seen many fathers who are, I call them the silent but violent, right? They withhold what they have. They withhold their knowledge. They don't wanna tell their kids. Listen, we are teachers, we are instructors, and we need to pour out the spirit of God in our life into them. You know, the Bible says that the anointing heals brokenhearted, that that anointing, that anointing oil sets captives free. It binds up wounds. My church family, please don't withhold from your kids. I put in my notes, don't withhold affection from your kids. Hug them every day. I don't even care if they're taller than you. Come on, somebody. I love you, son. Right, you got eight out of them. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Right, they start getting that. Listen, they need your affection more than ever because they're coming home and they may know who they are at home, but they're also going out to school in a public school where society is telling them, be this, be that, be this, be that. They need to hear from you and you need to open up that horn that you have and begin to pour your experience and your life and what you know about God. Well, Pastor Phil, I'm not a pastor. You don't have to be, you're a parent. And you know what? You're the leader. You're the person that they need to hear most of. Well, it doesn't seem like they're listening. Well, shut off their video games. They'll listen. I found that to be true. Listen, you don't have to pay any extra for that one. That one was for free. You have more influence than you know. Shut off their cell phone for a couple times. Don't pay that bill. You'll have their attention. Come on, somebody. 
and they need to hear from you. You know, one of the biggest things for me as a son, I wish I would have listened more to my parents. I, listened, I wish I would have listened more to their experience because it would have saved me so much. But I was like many kids where, la, la, I don't want to hear And you know what, man, I hit rock bottom. And that's what it took. And now for me as a father, I made a decision. I'm not going to withhold the oil that's in my horn. I'm going to open it up and pour it out. And, you know, Paul said, I want my life to be like a drink offering. I want to pour out my life. My church family, please listen. Dad, look at me this morning. It's not what you leave to your kids that matters. It's what you leave in them. You can leave them a boat and somebody can steal that boat. You can leave them a car and somebody can steal that car. But you know what? You leave in them matters. And so only you can do that as a dad and as a parent. So today, Samuel anoints David. You know what I love? Psalms 23 verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head. You notice that God doesn't withhold his own anointing from you. He pours it out on you. And he doesn't just give you a little dab. A little dab will do you. You know what I love about Psalms 23 5? It says this, You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. So when God anoints us, he doesn't withhold his anointing. He does it in your life so your cup will run over. Come on, that's a good word this morning. Come on, can we give him some praise? Come on, let him anoint your life. Let it run over and so it spills over. So Samuel sees potential. He gives affirmation and then he pours out. He pours out this oil. And then number four, I love this about Samuel. Samuel prioritized purpose. I think I would be a success with my son if I launch him into his purpose. I think that to me is success. To not see a little shepherd boy, but to see the king in him. And I don't know what that is yet. And I'm praying and I'm looking at his gifts and because here's what it comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. Most of the frustrations that you are feeling right now in your life are the frustrations of you not fulfilling your purpose. I thank God that in everything that I went through, I was five years old and there was a little ottoman and I was looking at my mom and I was pointing to her at five years old and my mom said, you're gonna be a preacher. I didn't even know what that was. And she told me all my life, you're gonna be a pastor, Phil. I was coming home high, high as a kite. And she was there and she would love me. Tell me how much God loves me. And you know what? She would speak over my life. You're going to be a pastor. And guess what happened? Well, I think you kind of figured it out. (laughs) One of the best things my parents did for me was point me in the direction of purpose. And I want to say this as a challenge to all of us today. I love this story because Samuel, the Bible doesn't say what Samuel was doing, but I'm sure Samuel had a lot going on. He had a school of prophets going on, all of these things. And God stopped him and said, go to Jesse's house because there's a king there. And Samuel went and he prioritized the purposes of God over his own life. What Samuel did launched David into his God-given destiny. And as parents, it's our job to train our kids so they can fulfill their God-given 
purpose. And let us, I just want to remind us today, don't lose sight that there is a king in you. There is a king. Would you say that just with me as we close today? Say, there is a king. Say it loud. Come on, say, there is a king in me. And his name is Jesus. God gave you potential. Young man, young lady, he gave you potential. And I'm telling you what, that no matter what you're missing when it comes to your family life, God's gonna prioritize your purpose. And here's my question to you today. If man, if God doesn't see like man sees, God looks at the heart. I'm gonna ask us today, all of us, but today we're focusing on dad. If God sees a king in you, can you see that king? And when I mean king, I'm talking about a person of destiny. The Bible says we are a chosen people. We are royalty. Our God is the king of all kings. Who? The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm broke and that ain't no joke. But your daddy's not. And he's willing to share. But do you see the king in you? Or do you just see the bills? Do you just see the problems? Or do you see the king in me? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 